Hey, thanks for listening to Replayable, a podcast where we talk about current media within a game concept. Beware, there will be spoilers ahead. Cause you to want to loop again but then you can also build relationships but what would be interesting is those relationships we start at the beginning maybe you skip certain things so you learn something about the character in a previous loop and then using that sort of conditioned narrative you're like oh i know your middle name is this and they're like whoa how did you know that mm-hmm. and you're like oh we've had this conversation before so mm-hmm. that was what i pictured and so yeah technology wise i would look into the hades sort of narrative structure I do honestly I yeah I do really think that's key as well. I didn't really think of it in in that regard, but yeah, I think that because the the aspects of the movie that were really impactful were the relationships that mm. he needed to cultivate even though in the last run it's he knows a lot about each person, but he still needed to cultivate all of those conversations and get to know these people so that they could achieve that kind of objective of i need to gain your trust and i think i guess yeah that aspect of courage takes many faces when you're trying to achieve something it's yeah just i know that this run i'm gonna have we're gonna die whatever but it's this run i'm gonna talk to you for the day this run i'm gonna talk to and i do like that aspect of relationship mm. building because and also like the what you're mentioning with hades i think it does make the storytelling much more dynamic it does even though it's not done in the same way there was this nemesis system that was done in this game called i think it's shadows of mordor yes um, it was yes and the thing that i thought was very interesting so there's this talk on like creating stories within the game and it was almost a light hand way of creating a almost a let's say reason to want to attack another orc or whatever because let's say your previous playthrough they killed you but then because how the game is composed randomly that orc would be spawned somewhere else but it would retain the memory of i killed you before and therefore when you ran into it again it might be slightly different but it's ah we fought once before and i killed you and i think that nemesis kind of system that worked within that realm i can see it within the same ideas that you're bringing forth that creates that interesting story connection to pull a character through a game because yeah the game ultimately does have to have relationships so that you just can't be there's one hand where it's an action game but there's another hand where it's like why am i doing this and i think that has to be weighted just as significantly as the action so because they go hand in hand to tell a story if there's like very little like story it's just an action game and they're like okay whatever but if you're trying to tell or sell some greater concepts you need to have that as as a backbone and i really enjoy that perspective yeah i think that's Mm. awesome all right. Next question is you. Or do you feel like you're ready for the next question? I feel like uh, Yeah, yeah. I think I'm good for the next question. Uh, oh, it's the, uh, am I? That's all right. Okay. 
So this is me to you. How would you empower the player? I think the biggest and like the game that I've created with the roguelite strategy is obviously every time you die, you learn something a little bit new. But I also, like I said, I like the idea of you're previewing the future in a way that you, so that you can like really hone down that sort of choreography that I desire. So I think that could be like a good way to empower the player is to just give them, oh, I've seen this before. And then you see the ghost of what would happen. So you would know to go and and move that character out of the way, for example. So there could be different endings in the sense, like an ending where everybody makes it, only you make it. <laughs> Some of the people make it and you could get this, like I said, this like really cool, like I would say this would be a maybe a high level thing too. So maybe it's a game that anyone could play, but to get good at it, you have to like get good at it because there is something to say about accessibility, like accessibility as in sort of simplicity, but I think easy entry, but like hard to master. <laughs> I think that could be like pretty appealing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think, yeah, the the perspective that you brought prior where it is a rogue light where you have a character power up as they go through the game. I'm currently playing this game called Sifu, which I think is a really cool action game. And it does have this kind of like replay loop aspect when you die, though they let's say they change it slightly where it's you have this lot these lives that you use and the more that you die the older that you get but you can replay a level and then essentially play it through not die as much and be younger as you play the next level after it so it's your continues are finite but let's say if you get really good at the first level, then you can carry all of your continues on to the second level. And if you get really good at the second level, you can carry all your continues on to oh. third level. And it's this kind of aspect. But as you go through, which is how I see it being very interesting in regards to empowering the, the player, is that you collect a certain amount of points. And then with your fighting style, you can actually hard unlock a move that stays with you. And, oh, cool. Okay. So kind yeah. of same idea. Yeah, yeah. So it's if you know that, oh, I'm facing a boss that doesn't like to be swept, but I know that if I can sweep him with a powered up sweep ability that he can't get out of, you would unlock that. And then therefore, when you're fighting this particular boss, or maybe fighting enemies that are very similar to this enemy archetype, you can, you have that ability that is a higher version than just the ordinary version, mm -hmm. or maybe something that would open up more combos in you know, different combo trees and whatnot. But yeah, I thought that, that was really cool. And also that game is very tough. <laughs> yeah, is it? Oh, very interesting. <laughs> <Tough>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, you might enjoy Souls games. You were talking about, I mentioned before that we were talking about Elden Ring. Okay, yeah, no, I, that's really cool. The idea that you can carry them forward. I wonder if that would fit into our game. Or would it just be abilities that we would carry forward? I, I think, yeah, because I know the knowledge base of things that you learn would carry forward. But mm -hmm. maybe it is, hmm, that is true. What It could be like, let's say, maybe in the same fashion that you get more points in a particular, yeah, you're replaying the level, but you can accrue certain points that, let's say, make you more nimble or make you stronger or give you better accuracy for certain things. I think that oh, yeah, definitely. Be, 
yeah, that could be something that when a character has that, it's that would carry forward for the rest of the game. Oh, I'm much more nimble. I, if I didn't get this nimbleness feature, I wouldn't have been able to push that guy out of the way. Or even like maybe foresight could be another one as well. If maybe something on a cooldown where it's, oh, I can see the entire chat. Maybe it's, I know where the enemies are going to spawn. So therefore... Mm. I could just have these grenades and toss them onto these red objectives that are in front of me. And then I know that as I'm running through that these things spawn into grenades, spawn into grenades. So it's like you're omitting these enemy waves much quicker, even before they can benefit from a surprise attack, because so I know you're, you're going you're gonna to spawn here. Mm. So I'm going to eliminate you even before you get onto the battlefield. Things, right. Yeah. 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 Right. That makes sense. Oh, I like that. Okay. Next question. Mm -hmm. How would you develop this game to make it more inclusive? Ooh, this, I did think about this and this is going to be, this is, I, I don't know if you're going to like my answer because it's very oh. hard. <laughs> yeah, you might not like it because okay. it's, yeah, it's very action oriented. Maybe just because my noggin isn't on, like I preface this with an apology. Yeah. No, but it's okay. I feel that you could go the same notions of having, what is it now, extra hearing or if somebody is visually impaired and it's not to knock anybody's disability when they're trying to create a game that is inclusive. I feel that it's very difficult because it's so action oriented and I feel like there's some overlays of things that are specific to maybe having a certain level of visual acuity, you're fighting waves of enemies. I, in my mind, my limited kind of like thinking about this, I haven't found ways that like you can clearly shift the, the colors if somebody is colorblind. Right. I have difficulty with trying to figure out if somebody's like maybe more visually impaired, like those things that I would feel become much more difficult unless there's maybe some sort of maybe co-op feature that other players can join with you, I guess on maybe it's like a, a co-op objective, but even within that element, it's, yeah, I feel like I would maybe need to be educated more in regards to understanding how it could be more broadband. Right. Um, yeah. How do you yeah. feel it would be, how would you develop this game to be, to make it much more inclusive? That's a really, yeah, that's a really interesting point too is is there a limit to which things can be inclusive in a way like for example dark souls is a hard game that's just part of the dark souls dna would it would making it to, so that that already creates a barrier of entry for folks mm -hmm. some people would have a very hard time with dark souls there's the idea of you die and you get better so it fits our theme still but if you made it simpler that is going to change the Dark Souls experience enti entirely, but it would mm -hmm. make it more inclusive. Mm -hmm. So it's just every game need to be inclusive. Yeah, that's a... that might be a topic for uh, that's a pretty deep topic to get into <laughs> that I would need to be a little bit more well researched to do. But mm -hmm. that that is a question like if this is a very action oriented game, maybe it can't. And maybe if it's a difficult game, because I do picture this being quite a difficult game, maybe how can we within that 
DNA, like within that sort of framework, how can we make it the most inclusive that it could possibly be while maintaining our like pillar of, well, in my, in my case, I like the idea that it's going to be difficult to master. <laughs> yeah, it's like maintaining the integrity of, yeah, the, the game. Yeah, that definitely would be like if there's anybody listening out there and they have any suggestions or things that they've come across that would, yeah, I'd definitely be open to, to listen to that and maybe down the road talk about it in another podcast, answering back to this one. But I feel like I really, I feel like this game would be, there's a reaction time that you'd have to be on point with. You could, you could have slow down as maybe one of the things that could help quell reaction time. I guess like... one of the most, like, one of the most basic ways of inclusion is having difficulty that scales so you can choose mm -hmm. like story mode That's easy true. medium hard master those kinds of things dark souls does not have that <laughs> yeah. it has one difficulty but that was the idea and that's what they went in with is this game is gonna be hard mm -hmm. and you're gonna feel so good when mm -hmm. you beat it do we want to have scaling difficulty with a roguelite i don't feel like roguelites don't have that you mm -hmm. don't have so if we go the roguelite route, I would say, no, we do not scale the difficulty. The whole point is to die and get better. <laughs> yeah. And even in Sifu, there's no, you can't adjust the difficulty level. I think there are players out there that maybe are playing it. And they're like, ah, oh, change the difficulty level. But I feel that there is a definite buy-in when, because it is hard, rhythm-based. It's you're, You have to figure out what are the mechanics, and then you have to figure out what mechanics are consistent. And then based on the mechanics that are consistent, what can I perform? And then it's, it is a aspect of really, it's like you're fighting the same boss, but what you learn makes the boss different. It's you are the one who's changing as you're going through this game. The, mm. game, is, the game is the same, but if you realize, oh, this boss, is a rhythm based he his first two strikes are quick and slow and you, you can internalize that as like a rhythm based pattern they know mm. okay i dodge dodge wait dodge and then all of a sudden there's an opening or an opportunity if you know that this character is going to travel a certain distance when they say or are monologuing in regards to what a bad guy would do given the situation then you know that okay they're going to travel essentially in one blink from here to here, mm. I have to essentially dodge or parry immediately as soon as they finish this last phrase, boom. And all of a sudden it's, it becomes a much more, you have to have all of your senses because some of the reaction time is really dependent upon timing and really dependent upon varying sense inputs so it's yeah it's interesting because you can have that you see the objective you forward into the future in regards to the shadow the overlay of what's going to happen with that character you can have bullet time where it slows things down oh yeah uh, but then there could be a cooldown for that then you have the rewind ability but i feel like there could be cooldown on that and i just feel like you're still up against a very fast very efficient enemy type that is in a you're in a large space it's like you have to gauge your environment in regards to what's going on around you yeah there's just like a lot of him there's just like a lot of things that you're it's like um drinking from a fire hydrant sensewise. <laughs> and it's just you know you're just you're every notion of that is 
hard, yeah. but it's like what you're trying to figure out what you can manage. But even that there's certain games where it's like, oh, I have to take a break because there is such thing as like sensory overload. Where yeah. just like, I'm tired of playing this game because of how it's composed in a certain way. I like it, but I can be tired of it and play it when it's, oh, I feel like I'm more on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I definitely, I under the gap. I definitely have felt that where it's just, yeah, you're just like, oh, I need a break. I'm tired. I'm, I feel like so stressed because you're just like, maybe like really tense. Mm -hmm. So yeah. because it's like, you're almost forced to hold all those senses open. Yeah. As you're doing something and then it comes point where it's like i need to take a breather yeah yeah Definitely. boss fight the staging the style the atmosphere and the tension how do you see a boss fight go down in in this game okay so I pictured this game to be like very action oriented, very difficult. I picture like a Dark Souls boss. Basically, I'm 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 imagining a roguelite Dark Souls with which actually in a sense I would say Dark Souls does have a lot of roguelite elements built into it, but with narrative elements that Dark Souls does not have. And so that that is what I picture. So I do picture the end boss being huge like basically like in the movie you have the omega and you've learned all the tricks to get there like this mm -hmm. choreography to get to the end and it is a huge boss would there be mid bosses would there be mid bosses that you have to fight every time maybe mm -hmm. if i think about um, binding of isaac every area has every floor has its own little mid boss so maybe there are mid bosses you have to defeat but the end boss is like huge and it will be hard and you'll have a hard time with it but because of all the shortcuts that you learn you might be able to get to that boss a little bit quicker every time mm -hmm. there are things you can bypass in the beginning you might because of the 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 choreography as i've described it you might have more people helping you at the end like maybe the more people you keep alive the more help you get when you get to that boss and maybe depending on who you keep alive maybe they have different abilities so maybe you might prioritize someone over someone else it's actually true mm -hmm. yeah which could be neat that could be a neat if you bring in a pilot maybe he drops bombs or maybe if you bring in like a heavy expert he has like a big gun on him or maybe you get someone who's like little and quick and like climbs on the boss and little stabs or something that's yeah that's how i picture it <laughs> Yeah, I like that aspect uh, that you mentioned about keeping certain individuals alive as you're going through, yeah, I guess the stages of this war that's taking place. I picture it in a way that is, okay, I have notes for this. It's mm -hmm. the notes. So I feel because of the environment, it's very destructible. I would think that, okay, so in a boss fight, let's say you're trying to mid boss fight you're trying to wear one of these alphas down you're trying to wear one of these alpha yeah alphas down and you are running from this alpha so mm -hmm. if you're trying to capture this thing's attention let's say as you said you fall down this crevices and this underground kind of a thoroughfare that used to be like underground road for vehicles or maybe parking lot and then you have another character that could draw its attention as let's say you set up traps to 
run this thing into. So let's say Emily Blunt is, hey, come over here. But we're sneaking around and making sure that the area that she's going to be running through, you've you set up like little detonators. So it's, she'll be running through this environment. She'll know to step over these, let's say, uh, trip wires. But this thing will just run through this thing and boom, it, it gets hit. And therefore, you could have destructible kind of environments where if this thing explodes, maybe the ceiling would slow down and it would leave it open to get hit, shot. Like maybe if somebody hit it with an axe, it's, it leaves it vulnerable until it, let's say, maybe pulls itself out of that situation, therefore causing a little bit of a break from the two. And then it recollects itself yeah. to start another attack upon you. But I can see there being destructible environment, or drawing enemies' attention, having makeshift kind of plans where let's say, okay, this tube that we're using to draw it through is down. We have to come up with a plan of, let's say, that wall looks pretty shaky. Maybe, you, you know, there's an indicator of like certain elements that oh. if this thing runs into that you can avoid, it will collapse on this thing and, and start to slow it down. And maybe the idea is eventually you're trying to knock out all of these pillars in this area and then this garage mm -hmm. will come down on it. But the last pillar is in the back. So therefore it's, okay, we have to, yeah, get this last pillar by tricking it, by hitting it, by it hitting it. But then we also have to have a cleared path to get out because when this thing starts to come down, it's all going to come down. And then we're in the, onto the next kind of phase. I like um, that. So it, it really fits into the sort of, yeah, like just dying and learning the tricks that will, like, that you can like literally stage your fight and. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, using the environment as a weapon as well is also very interesting. Yeah, re I remember this game Resident Evil Revelations 2, which is definitely not one that is played too often. I keep telling people, like my close friends, mm. this game is really good, two-player co-op, but there is a boss that essentially you have to utilize your environment, which is a really crazy boss near the end of the game. And I was like, man, this is so smart because you have one person drawing the aggro and then the other person almost like setting the trap. And then all of a sudden this thing gets so angry and tries to get you, but then the trap is set and all you're doing is like trying to position yourself close to that thing. But then when this thing charges you, you can duck out of the way, thus it injuring itself and you're not as injured. Oh. And it's just like this, you have to work in tandem. You have to work together. Yeah. I so like that's, that. Yeah. So that's, I guess, how I, I enjoy seeing boss fights because I don't know, sometimes it gets a little bit tropey where, mm -hmm. oh, I have a giant gun or, oh, I have all this ammunition and it's, you want to see something that's a little bit more, let's say not tricky, but it incorporates more avenues of trying to win instead of just the big gun. And I think environment is overlooked when it comes to some uh, boss fights. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree. No, I think that sounds, I think that sounds really cool. <laughs> I'm getting excited about this game. All right. <laughs> yeah. What types of DLC properties would you have? Crossovers that you think would support the narrative or extra content that could come post-launch? I think I'd have to go with the latter in regards to what you said. I think that crossovers might be very difficult to find given the specifics of what 
is involved within this game. You could have costumes, but then that might detract from certain things. Might not. Like, I mean, everybody's into sort of collectible kind of items. But I think it would be much more interesting if there was, let's say, a Battle of Verdun, like uh, DLC, where it was like, you see how Emily Blunt's character becomes who she is. Oh my God, that would be so cool. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm into it. (laughs) Yeah, because I think with games like this, it's always interesting to see more story. Yeah, I definitely like seeing... Yeah, how things came about and getting more back kind of dialogue or back motivation or and seeing even in the movie there, she was talking about, I don't talk about this person. How do you know this person's name? Because he was essentially her to a degree. Like she tried to save this dude like 300 times, but she could never save him. Right. Came Her emotional kind of, I guess, courage in that sense becomes not corrupted, but challenged in a way that she never yeah. thought, and it becomes much more difficult. That would be yeah. really good. I guess it's like The Last of Us, the the middle story, right? Like mm-hmm. it had Ellie's backstory a bit, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. I never played it, but I guess it. the way I understand is that seems like a really similar sort of idea. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see any DLC properties or crossovers? Any, yeah, I like you, I thought crossovers wouldn't really suit this brand so i but i didn't know what i wanted exactly to be the the addition and i really like your idea i am 100 percent here for that the yeah the sort of backstory i guess it might be cool if there was like some side story like maybe if there was like some other character introduced and seeing like maybe what they're doing while you're doing mm-hmm. maybe like it's happening concurrently that could be neat to see how the battle's going in other parts of the world. Yeah. But the, the but that that would depend on how we wrote our story. Yeah, I like your idea a lot. I think that's a really great one. I didn't even think of it. So. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. No, thank you for uh, coming up with some cool stuff. Right. Yeah. Next question? Like, yeah, I don't so... really have much to add to it. I did not have any <laughs> great ideas. That's well, okay. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's totally cool. The game loop. How do you see the yeah? How do you see the game loop of the game when you're playing? Love die repeat. Yeah, basically that. Like I see you waking up initially, not knowing anything. Like basically, Tom Cruise in the beginning, he was a PR guy thrown into battle, so you know nothing. And like the player themselves will have some skill, right? I'm assuming this isn't going to be a new gamer picking this up. It's going to be somebody who's gamed a lot before. But your character just is underleveled in every single way. Like they have no abilities. They don't know how to turn on the dang mech suit. Like it's bad. And then, yeah, you basically just die, learn a little bit more, build relationships, figure out what the best path is to get mm-hmm. yourself to that end boss and that's yeah that's how i picture the game loop is literally lived i repeat mm-hmm. do you see because i'm thinking as well let's say if you are all avenues open from the start or are the avenues learned as you go when he's trying to shortcut some of some parts to get away from his j group or whatever that he was with where he insulted the captain and then did push-ups, then rolled away. Do you think right. that it's almost, I guess in a way, almost like Hitman, where Hitman, it's almost, everybody is on the board at the start. And mm. maybe it's up to you to, okay, you run into that first guy who gives you the boots. And then 
maybe go to J class, but then you're trying to find ways to get out right. and just meet up with Emily Blunt as soon as possible. Are you talking about if somebody was replaying this? Is it like, are you thinking if it's possible to speed run this? Yeah. Out of the gates. Yes. I love okay. speed runners. Right. Let's okay, put okay. that in, but it's going to be harder. <laughs> it's going to be harder because you're Tom Cruise. He doesn't got all his abilities, but if you know the path, because I know sometimes I find it frustrating in games when I solve the puzzle before my character in the game has, uh, and they basically yeah. lock it. They're mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, no, you can't even interact with this thing until you uh, talk to somebody yeah. to learn it. So I guess, though, from a narrative standpoint, it wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Therefore, for him to say, have knowledge that the player has that he mm -hmm. doesn't. But like I said, I do really like speedrunning, and I think it would be neat to add a sort of speedrun element to it where you could. And, and I like the idea of also hidden endings. Maybe there's a day where you just choose not to engage with anything. You're mm -hmm. just like... I'm just going to sleep in my bunk. I'm just going to go play cards. And like mm -hmm. the battle still happens. Oh, do we want this to be on a timer? Oh. I I don't know if I like that. That stresses me out <laughs> too much. I think, yeah, I think the because of how the battles take place, I think there's enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't think if there's a timer, I think that would be like. Yeah, but then like, how would you trigger the battles? Is it like, and now we go into battle? Like you trigger, like, but then uh, if we do, that means you can do an infinite amount of things per day. And it will. Arcane also made another roguelite, Moon Crash, where mm -hmm. it was once again the map was always the same. So that's the thing is our map would always be the same. One thing that mm -hmm. roguelites has are usually procedurally generated. The map mm -hmm. is always the same, but in Moon Crash there were events that would happen that would change the map slightly. So mm -hmm. maybe a a shortcut you would normally take this time that shortcuts on fire so you can't take it you have to think of something else that mm -hmm. wouldn't fit our narrative our narrative would require that everything happens the same way so i think the only way to make it interesting is mm -hmm. if you learn things to make that go more smoothly to make it or to be able to skip it so maybe in one loop you have to go into this science lab to find some information the next loop you don't have to go into it could it be set up in a way where the timer is just like the day so it's you could maybe set the speed oh. in which time goes so it's you're just okay i'm waking up it's 8 a.m i know that by 9 a.m i'm going to be with meeting with my group or maybe by 9 30 mm. And I know that you have an awareness because everybody's on like the cycle of where they're going to be and what they're going to be right. doing, that you're going to try to do these things, but then it's okay. If I know that I need to get away from the first guy, let's say you grab the boots, you push him and then you run into, let's say the mess hall, you find a place to hide. Mm. And therefore then they're like, we got to, maybe he's not here. And then you go essentially walk to where Emily Blunt is, engage with her. She trains you. And I feel like there's certain elements where it's maybe you just keep going. You keep going until it's like, oh, I broke my leg. And then all of a sudden, boom. And then oh. the replay of, okay, I'm waking up. Okay, I'm going to shove this guy away. I'm going to go hide. And but then there's the thing where it's, what if I get captured? But then they like bring you to J class. And then essentially it's almost like they don't punish you in regards to you getting thrown into like the, what is it? At the barracks or Maybe it's the barracks of the whole. Yeah. It's, you're just like delayed in when you can meet up with Emily Blunt's character again to achieve the things you need to. That that could be a way. So it's, everything is on the board. And then it's just time-wise as you, you're trying to essentially establish 
where you need to be by certain time aspects by memorizing right. the environment that you're in. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like no. in a way there is a timer, but not really. Okay. You know? Yeah. I think I could dig that. So yeah, I just think that there has to be some form of time management just because we need people to make the most efficient choices. I like the idea of, yeah, like a, a not a fake timer, but yeah, a little bit like a fake timer. Um, it's like just something that gives the players agency, yes. which is just like the, the day. Yeah. 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 100%. No, I, I dig it. So I guess the production emphasis, maybe not production emphasis. I'm going to rephrase this question. What kind of style do you see this game being created in? I guess I pictured it that dark almost realistic style of Dark Souls, but maybe it's because I've really had like Dark Souls on the mind with this. <laughs> but it could be cool if it was stylized. If you think about what was that game, like Killer7, like that kind of oh, style, yeah, yeah. but that might be too cartoony. Maybe it does need to be dark because it's a dark subject matter. I guess you could have visually, I know Toon Shading is the mm -hmm. kind of look. You could have it. And I think That's it what it's called, yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be interesting, let's say, in a Guilty Gear kind of style, where you have these very ornate, you know, detailed models, but then the shading is much more of a almost like cartoony comic book-esque, maybe hearkening back to the original kind of creation. This was a manga before it was a movie. But oh, then that could be cool. Pay homage to its origins. But, but yeah, there are a lot of games though that come out of Japan that do fit that style. I guess mm -hmm. it depends. Do we... Yeah, I didn't read the manga. So I think if we did go that route... We would just need to pick that sort of, like, for example, Berserk, like that more adult mm. style mm -hmm. of manga. Like, I can't picture the main character looking a beautiful anime boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, like he's got to be. sell the weight of the actions of the main character. Yeah. I have to admit, though, I never actually looked at what the manga looks like. So maybe he is a beautiful anime boy in, <laughs> in the manga. So yeah. that's another thing is if we took the... Uh, original subject matter and we changed it like we might be held to the source material if we decide to go in a manga route mm -hmm. we might be locked into that style yeah the I style think... of the mangaka that is yeah i also see it it could be done in a, a very metal gear-esque like style as way or Ooh, yeah. something mm -hmm. that is much more reminiscent of the movie much more realistic yeah like a rendition of that anchors more towards like realism than it does more stylized i think it, that would be in my opinion would be much more interesting i think yeah because i think that would maybe set the tone a little bit that it would just set the tone i think that if it was too cartoony the vibe of what's going on might be it wouldn't sell as well. And I, I don't think that the Naughty Dog un, Uncharted or what am I trying to say? I don't think that the Naughty Dog Last of mm. Us two-way is the apex of what games should be. But I think it would help sell a lot of the story and the dialogue and the characters and the motives and the difficulty emotionally sometimes, I guess, when mm. you're making choices. So yeah, I would say that the game would be, I think it'd be much more linear, which would yeah. also bump the art 
visuals up instead of it being an open world. Because yeah, it is very much, I guess, a linear story to an odd degree. I think linear, maybe more sandbox linear because you can go to different parts mm. that you choose to go to. Yeah, it's weird though, because I know Metal Gear 5 was open world, right? Um, I never played it, but I think you're right. And that could be, yeah, I think that style could lend itself. Yeah. Yeah, I would kind of, yeah, I think I, it's tough because it's, I, it depends on how you would approach. Like if something's open world, you don't really have a lot of the definite details on certain objects that you want. Like you're working more with kind of like trim sheets and things like this, but right. if you were to make it linear, you have much more visual fidelity in regards to making things feel much more unique. I guess um, it might also, realism might also make it feel a lot more visceral than yes this is true cartoony so yeah this is true this is true mm -hmm. yeah 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 i guess as a overview yeah like uh edge of tomorrow or what is it the anime all you need, all is, you need kill. to kill <laughs> all you need is kill god i love that name they, <laughs> they should have kept it yeah, yeah, I I really think that it's a solid movie. I really hope they are making a sequel to this because really? I thought that oh. yeah, it's rumored whether it's on or on. I think yeah. on or off. I think uh, what is it? Doug Lehman mentioned that there potentially could be, but I think things right now with like COVID and yeah, you know, just there's things that are difficult, and I think. Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise's their careers they're very busy and it's like how do you get them to, to get together to to make another movie right like this but I yeah I think that it would be really cool if they did make a sequel I did mm -hmm. I think they left the door open for a sequel I think that they should be made into a game I think there's our game exactly yeah <laughs> But yeah, I think there are many elements at work and I really enjoyed the character's kind of journey, the hero's arc. And it wasn't a campy love story thing. I think it kept strength in Emily mm. Blunt's character, strength in Tom Cruise's character. And yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was well done. I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. Replayable was created by Darian McRae. Our co-hosts are Jennifer Owen and Amanda Preparzi. Thank you for listening. For ideas on future episodes, please contact us at ideas at replayablepodcast.com.